Welcome. Thank you for tuning in to Gather and Heal, the podcast. Horse, one of my early guests had to be Jennifer Gill Velasquez. And why? Why is it so important that she came through for us? She's coming through because A, she's our events and communications manager. B, C, D, all the way through Z, she's my cousin. <laughs> That's my motherfucking cousin, y'all. And um, we've been friends now, probably on like coming up on 30 years. You know, I'm gonna mumble the rest because y'all don't need to do no math while you're listening. But um, instead of me sharing with you her bio, I want Jennifer to kind of walk us through a little bit of her life so we can continue to get to know her as we are building and connecting and just creating this dope ass community that we got. So Jennifer, what's up? Talk to us. <laughs> what up, Vanessa Suhey? AKA La Prima. <laughs> <laughs> From the 02130. 02130, JP, all day, every day. Uh, man, you're like, what's my life story? And it's very hard because, you know, I'm not a, I talk to people, but very rarely do I talk about myself. I'm more of a listener. I'm a, the observer. I, I have questions for you. Mm-hmm. Talking you about my as well, too. Mm-hmm. I, did very, I mastered that skill very well. Uh, so talking about me is weird. I mean, we, you know, everybody's always, um, a lot of people would clown us growing up, like, y'all not really cousins. I was like, first of all, you tell me how she's not my cousin, <laughs> okay? I got I got facts. Our family has known each other from before. Ooh. We live, we grew up in the same neighborhood. We've been in the same school since kindergarten through high school. She's been there. She's seen me at my best, my worst, and this. How is she not my cousin? Uh, Talk to me. She, she has Dominican. Talk not only me. did we grow up in the same neighborhood, but our family grew up in the same neighborhood back on the island in DR, right? So I remember when we figured that out, yo, we were so excited. We were like, we, we knew it. We just needed the facts. We knew it in our hearts. We just needed the the historical facts to prove that we were cousins. So exactly. it's official, y'all. Stop mm. hanging out of us. Mm. We're cousins. Mm. Okay. Tell okay. Me. All right. Punto y raya. That's it. <laughs> um, but you know, we grew up in a neighborhood that at least for my experience, I remember being young and being like, yo, I never want to leave Jamaica Plain. Mm-hmm. Like, I never want to leave Boston. And then I don't know what happened, but then mm-hmm. it was like, I need to move to New York. <laughs> and I said this at a very mm-hmm. early, early age. Because you reminded me a few weeks ago, like, yeah, you always said that. And I was like, did I really? Mm-hmm. And my dad told me a few last week, we had a conversation, my birth father, about like the few times that he came to visit me. He was like, I remember. We were in the kitchen and mind you, he's telling like a, a like a 10-year-old child, like, you know, you can leave if you want to. And I'm like, <laughs> how? How? How can I leave Boston, leave my mom, mm. my sister, my community, my mm. school, which was for us, that school, Our Lady of Lords, no longer there, but we will always have it in our hearts. <laughs> you know, that was all I knew. And to move to New York, I was like, I can't do that, you know, shoot. Oh God, eight years later, like eight years later from, from today, I did move. You did, did it. And not only did I move, Vanessa literally moved me across state lines. Okay. We packed my car 
all the way up. Your four door. Uh, was it? Yeah. 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 Mother, white one, Perla. Perla. <laughs> Yo, we packed in that car with all that I had sure. that I could fit. And we literally lugged that through state lines to the projects on 115 and 1st in New York. Mm. And I moved to New York. And then that was it. Like, you came to visit me out there a few times. Yo. It just, it's, it's a crazy, it's a crazy thing about life. And, I feel so blessed for that. And I feel so blessed to have had you there in those moments because it wasn't my first time moving out of state. I did it before. It didn't work out. Mm. And, you know, coming back and making that decision to leave again and everybody's like, you'll be you back. Yo, you'll be back. Like, I remember my mom telling me the first time I moved, like, I'll see you soon. At my going away party, she just looked at me. She's like, I'll see you soon. Mm. And I was like, no, you won't. Two months later, I was there. <laughs> Shit, you not. It was literally two months, and it was, she just looked at me, and I was like, "Listen, we're not gonna talk about it." But I'm gonna be out in this damn state. I'm walking silently right now. But when exactly, I I'm humble. <laughs> I, I can be humbled very quickly. That was a humbling moment, but it taught me that, you know, I moved from Boston to Atlanta, partly for a relationship and partly because I didn't know what to do. Mm. You know, I used that relationship as a means, like. Well, here's my reason to move mm -hmm. out of state and I'm going to move to Atlanta and I'm going to make it work. And I tried to make it work and it wasn't, I wasn't prepared for it and it wasn't an element that made me feel happy. New York has always given me this sense of, I'm going to call it liberation and freedom that Ooh, I, like that for you. Yeah, yeah, like real, I've always said freedom, but it's really liberation where I didn't feel like living in Boston, I felt very much like I had to assimilate or or be in a way that coincided with how the city works. Now, mm. 02130 folks are gonna get at me, Boston folks are gonna get at me, but if you ever moved in and out of Boston, or if you're a person that is mm. black mm. or brown, you know that the, that the state of Boston moves a certain way. There's there's not a reason why we have been called the, the south of the north, mm. okay? So, when, or is it the north of the south? One of them. We've been referenced to as... That sounds logically like it'd be that one. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> the racism is palpable. And it's not to say that New York is not racist. Mm. Hell yeah, New York, New York State is a red state. Very much Republican. But there was a level of liberation that I felt being able to be in, <clears throat> excuse me, in a city where that's literally what they're known for. Like, you are known to be free and to move about and to see the world and to engage with people differently not all of them have been the best experiences but it, it i felt that there was a bit of air that i could breathe mm. so can i ask in, or a question of course. but you were talking about how you needed to move out of the city of boston so that way you could be who you wanted to be and not be who the city wanted you to be well what came across my heart and I'm, I'm thinking, I'm like, but did it also, this move that you made in your life, did it also allow you to be the person you want to desire to, you know, to be because there was also a different set of people too, right? Like it's not just the city, friends and family and neighbors, whoever have thoughts on who we are and who we should be. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of the times that people can get caught up in what somebody else thinks I should be and I'm going to do it. But putting literal space between you because you move out of state, 
well, I'm going to be who I want to be. A thousand percent. The city of Boston was my family. Mm-hmm. It's it's all that I knew for so long. So, yes, put in that space in between the physical space of living in Boston and and probably also having a lot of the trauma just always there because it was always in the city. Like I always pass down Forest Hill Street, and I will always look at my old house, mm-hmm. and I will always have the same feelings. And I just I was like, nah, man, I just. I just gotta get away. And I definitely have felt people have been like, yo, that's mad selfish. How can you leave your family? And I was like, they also did they also needed me to not be there. Mm-hmm. You know, they needed me to there's a <clears throat> sometimes a responsibility or a crush that people have when they have the people around them. And I'm very aware that from one day to the next, like all that could be gone. Mm-hmm. And I felt like me being there allow for a pattern to continue and i was like i gotta i gotta break it yeah like, this this can't this can't continue whatever this energy and this motion cannot continue and i have to step away and it wasn't even stepping away but it was allowing people to grow without me without me being there as like a clutch or the just allowing that difference to shift the family right and, and my community and it did. And I want to say it's done It's done so for the better where I've seen so much growth in my family. I've seen so much growth in myself <clears throat> that I don't think I would have had or would have felt compelled to or forced to because I was in a comfortable space. Right. Growth happens in that uncomfortability and that un- unknown. Right. And it's very easy to get wrapped up in consistent repetition in cycles. Mm-hmm especially when you're in a space where you feel safe not to say that safety isn't bad right but there's also to use maybe one of yeah one of your students like lack of creativity yeah or or uh curiosity Ooh, both of them right yeah because if i don't have to think about doing something different or showing up differently or anything like that because I'm comfortable and things are just moving the way that they're supposed to and how they have been. Well, this is the way it's always been. Well, then you're not going to have to challenge yourself. You're not going to have to think about, ooh, what if I switch this or what Mm -hmm. if this? And yo, that shit, like you said, it's liberating and it's so freeing to be able to just, I'm going to do something different in that requires a whole lot of confidence to be right a whole lot and maybe we insert another seat a little bit of crazy a little do, bit of crazy you got to be crazy enough to do something different right to take that that step out in that leap just to be like you know what fuck it if i come back i come back and if i don't i don't and maybe both happen right because you moved out of state and returned once and you left and you ain't been back and I ain't been back. And that's not to say that I don't go back. Definitely go back to visit. I love Boston down forever. It gave me you. It gave me my friends. It gave me my foundation. It gave a space for my family to come to America and, and try to prosper. Like right. Boston has helped my family, our family, our culture to still survive. But one of the things that some my cousin told me, she was like, Boston will always be here big facts she's like the opportunity that you have may not but boston will always be there and i've always carried that into the space of 
wherever I go. My family will always be there. I haven't done anything to not to piss them off to the point where they won't. You know what I'm saying? Like I got people in my life that I'm that I know, which is such a blessing and it's so hard to find to be like, yo, if I fuck up, I could at least turn to someone and be like, yo, I fucked up. Mm-hmm. Not to say that they gonna save me, but I can at least turn to like one person in my life and be like, yo, Vanessa, I fucked up. Yeah. And we've had those conversations before, like, girl. <laughs> I lost count how many times I came to you. Yo, Jennifer. <laughs> my <laughs> world is crashing. <laughs> I didn't have to say nothing. You just look at me and be like, oh, shit. Sit down. Let's talk. Are you okay? Do we need a drink? (laughs) We got to fuck up. But yeah, it's, and that's why I try to tell like people back home, like, try it. Like, if it scares you, try it. Mm. Because I've been to that point where I'm like, oh, I'm so terrified to do something different and not try it and then like live the days regretting it. That last last part. So the version of you saying um, Boston will always be here, what I say to people is that Boston is always home base, right? Like you, I have moved. I've now lived in... Let's now put it lightly, Vanessa. I I like variety. I like change, okay? So I went from Boston to... Phoenix, Arizona. Then I had that humbling moment myself and said, Mommy, moving back to Boston. So humbling. Move back to Boston. Then move back out to, to Atlanta, Georgia. Then move back to Boston. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now I'm in Tampa, Florida. And I, every time I say to people, yes, I'm always going to maintain my Massachusetts clinical license. I'm always going to maintain X, Y, and Z in Boston because it's home base. Mm-hmm. I never know when I'm going to need to want to go back for a short period of time or for a long time. It doesn't matter. It's it's home base and Boston will always be there. That's it. Mm. Period. Like it's not going anywhere. It's always going to take us back. We literally go to the same places as if we never left. What? Listen, can I tell you, I went to my favorite Thai spot three times when I was in Boston for one week. I was about to say, you were there for a week. How'd you go three times? Who did you, we're like, you want to meet? You want to go to Thai? You're terrible. You're terrible. When I was with my girls, we went there for dinner. And then the following two nights, I wanted to eat out and they deliver. And I don't get deliveries. I'd be like, y'all charge too much. I'll go get it myself. But for this spot, let me give them a shout out. Sweet Rice in Jamaica Plain. Yes. I have another location, but the JP location is my shit, y'all. It is so good. But yeah, we go to the same fucking spots. Same liquor stores. Same Same liquor store. Same liquor stores. Same place to get your coffee or your Chinese food. Like, same. That's it. Shout out to Alex Chimmies. They started delivering and they take cart now. Because it was you. Okay. I dropped I dropped guap on some food when I got there. I was like, I am not go- delivery. Praise. We've gotten to this point. Look at technology. Mm. So shout out to Boston. Oh, always be home. As much shit as I talk about it. I know. I know. But you know what's interesting too? To think about how our parents would be the first ones to look at us sideways to move. When it's like, um, uh, I don't know if you remember, but you also moved from the Dominican Republic to to the state of Massachusetts. But you over here looking at me sideways? 
but it's different. We out here with the option to move, okay? They mm-hmm. had to, they had no, they had to take that ticket. Mm. Okay, I remember my mom telling me she was in like college, getting her degree, and she was like about to graduate, and they were just like, "Yo, you got to go to the oh. U.S." And it was just like she was right there. And then it was like that, like she was just like, "And I came to America." My father woke up one day when he was a kid on a plane. Mm. So I will say the privilege that we have is that we can move. But it's also been um, like the thought that we would never move. <laughs> like I am your child, you oh, know. Like you don't, you don't think I would leave? Like you don't. Like now I'm telling my mom, like yeah, we want to. Me and my partner, you know, smart. We want to build our our house in Antigua, and I'm going to live in the Caribbean half time. And she's like, but why? But why not? Exactly, exactly. But but come again too because they've all gone back to the island. Listen, <laughs> she's been there three years. She'd never come back to America. And I get it. Who would want to come back? Come on. Sorry, Boston. You lack on warmth. <laughs> oh. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was also, damn, I just lost my train of thought. I was also thinking about something else. Oh, talk to us. So that's been that's been a journey about the personal side Mm -hmm. and how we overlap too. Right. Let's do a piece of the journey and talk about professionally. Like aside from you being my dope ass cousin, and of course I want you to come through and, and, and work with gather and heal. How did your profession even line up to get you to this point? I give it to God. Like, I, I, I feel like my resume is trash, but you know, the experience, the one thing is, you know, moving, moving in your, in the start of your career, your like mid start of your career where you're like, yeah, I'm not about to hit that manager level. Mm-hmm. I'm working my way up and, and going to a different state with different systems. Ooh. I was not prepared for it. Mm-hmm. And that was definitely a learning lesson. But one that again, I, I thank God and I do so with grace because the way that I grew up was very much like you go to school, you go to college because now I'm I'm expected to go to college because now I'm, I was born here in the U.S. and I speak English. So you ain't got no reason but to go to college. Mm. And they paid for that high school and, and grade school education. So, so. Right. And then it was go get a job and work. And it was never like follow your dreams or follow your passion or follow your career. So very much my professional career was clashing with like my desires like Mm -hmm. what was it that like motivated me to get up in the morning I went through so much depression when I moved to to New York because I was working in a company that didn't value me that I thought that I had to work in nonprofit service in order to give back to my community Mm -hmm. and working in an environment that wasn't safe that wasn't comfortable you know that was that that was very heavy working with like homeless population and just like getting to know them and seeing them struggle like i've had clients die on me like having to go to funerals for your client that you've worked so hard for to give him a step one and then you're like yo that man passed away from overdose Mm -hmm. my man or they passed away by themselves and you're like yo i care for this person's life so much so i burnt out of that real quick that was hard work i remember our conversations and i was like oh my goodness 
But then okay. I used to talk to you and I'd be like, yo, girl, how you do it? How you deal with your babies? And, you know, you used to cry and talk about like when you first started mm-hmm. in the in that work in the field level, like shout out to the people that do the field work because that y'all, there is so much money that y'all deserve in time mm. and salaries and vacation time and investment portfolios because you're not getting it. And that's and that's the hard truth, especially when you want to work supporting people. So while that was happening, I was moving to New York. I had to find community. Mm-hmm. Like literally, was just hanging out with like my dad. Yeah. And that was and and that was my birth father. And getting to know him while hanging out with him was not the best time all the time because he's suspecting a, a person that he doesn't know. And I'm trying to liberate. I'm liberated. Right. Right. In the city of my dreams, and he's like. So we going to church? I was like, bro, no. you ain't going to church. What are we doing now? What, are, what do you mean you expect me here every Saturday all day? Mm. Like, mm. so I knew that I had to find community. And I was very fortunate that through the universe and grace of God, I came through and saw an article from La Galeria magazine. And I was like, they, they accept volunteers. So fuck it, I'm going to jump. I'm going to take that leap. I'm going to put myself out there never done uh you know writing got my degree in english which is horrible please don't do that people get your degree in communications that was another thing of my hurdle i went to college not knowing what to do right right and again life intervenes in different ways and i thank you for saying apply to umass boston because that's the only other school i got into and that's how i wrote it mm-hmm. um but i always kind of Whenever there was like an inch or an inkling, I said, fuck it. Like I, I was in the position where I couldn't just be like, no, I'm going to go kick it with my family or mm-hmm. no, I'm going to be by myself in my apartment. Like, no, I was renting a room. Mm-hmm. I needed to figure out how to communicate, how to build with people and how to find community. So that's really where my passion started. And like from La Galeria, got to meet amazing people. I worked on my writing more. I worked on interviewing. I've met so many dope people that have also given me chances to work with them. Yeah. I've worked in fashion, um, living in New York and, you know, hanging out with my cousin. I went to tailoring school and met amazing people there. So I've got tailoring mm-hmm. skills now. And then I'm doing fashion and then I'm doing media. And then that landed me into leaving nonprofit and the, the field and working behind the scenes in nonprofit. <laughs> And now I'm running the communication stuff. I'm running events full time. I got a budget, baby. No. Okay. I love budgets. Oh, and that's our favorite question for me. What's the budget? What's the budget. Because, you know, when you know what the money you got, you know how you can move. And right. it was just looking back, even as simple as I took a course, uh, NYU, trying to keep it cute and, you know, mm. name brand. These name brand schools. And I took a certification in magazine because I knew back then that I wanted to see, and I could take it further. I take it to the women's conference that we went to mm. and we saw a publication that we will not name that was specifically geared towards certain women that were non-white. Mm. And I remember thinking, but I don't see myself. Well, and I remember just sitting there like, there needs to be somebody that could do this. Years later, coming to New York, taking that certification course that ended up getting canceled and that I was spending way too much money for where I presented my work and it was still like meh mm. then joining La Galeria magazine to really working where I could see my people like 
to yeah. see stories of Dominicans from the diaspora talk about sexuality, fashion, anti-blackness, racism, just everything that I'm like, yo, this is what my family and friends have gone through. So freaking liberating. Mm. We might have to title this liberation. There we go. <laughs> because it showed me that it was possible. Mm. And when you came to me, but a year ago from today, <laughs> and we're just like, I have this idea. I've been running through it for a while. And you didn't initially ask me. So you had asked Shamari. And then I was like, well, what are you doing? Because in my mind, I have worked within this field where I'm like, you can't just be asking for a logo. <laughs> I couldn't describe what I wanted in the logo. And that drove both of y'all so crazy. <laughs> so crazy. And, you know, luckily I was next to Shamari and I was like, she doesn't know what she wants. So I got. So then it was the questions. What questions can I ask you? And that was, again, all the work that because I, I didn't let myself get knocked down at the fact that I wasn't doing the work initially full time or it wasn't my main concern that I couldn't still do the work that made me happy. Mm. Or I couldn't find happiness in the other time that I did. I'm not going to tell you. I hated my job. I hated my job when I came to New York. I, it wasn't necessarily the work. It was the way the people move. Yeah. But to tell you that I didn't meet amazing people that I didn't have days where I laughed my ass off, where like I loved helping people find hope and mm -hmm. find self love or find a person that was willing to just speak to them and accept them for where they are through yeah. all the shit they went through. I can never tell you that that, that was the joy of my, my job. But I'm so fortunate to even have that experience to be able to be here and be like, I find so much joy in meeting people where they at and telling them that they have a space where they can build community, where Come they on. have a space where they can heal. Because I've seen people at their worst and I've gone through my worst with those people and been like, here's yeah. where I could come back. Yes. So I'm very grateful that all those moments got me to exactly what I prayed for about a year ago where I was just like, I have no job. I lost my job because of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. We had just moved in and I was like, community matters to me supporting people that i in my community that i love matters to me and i was like and i want to find a place where i could give everything that i know to the job mm. and it just happened one day that you hit me up and was like can shamari do a graphic and i was like what you need and you're like i don't know i was like well let's talk about it ah uh, we've been talking every week ever since for a year multiple times a week multiple times a week <laughs> Which is, oh, that got to be a whole other episode, um, which also gets me thinking about how our friendship in and of itself has evolved and changed so much, not just in this past year, right? Like we joke around about the fact that we're talking to each other multiple times each week, like literally y'all, each week, okay? And we, we used to go weeks and sometimes months without... Mm -hmm. communication and so like to to think about and remember we went from that space we went from a period of time of not talking to right. all the way through where i'm like it's morning jennifer hasn't texted me good morning i got let me let me text her good morning <laughs> literally you're like one of the first five thoughts i have when i wake up it's like thank god i'm alive hi boyfriend i need coffee i need a text vanessa there we go that's not about look at my phone whatsapp up oh, jennifer mm -hmm. there, there we go what she need from me but again it's 
it's uh our friendship has definitely been tested through time mm-hmm. you know and i apologize anytime i will verbally and acknowledge it on on this audio cast i apologize when i was a for any time i was not a stand-up friend uh because i had to learn how to be a friend you know and i feel like who the fuck we were as individuals never mind how to be a friend or be in any kind of a relationship with other people right the people all the people but it took a long time and it took a lot of me to mature and be like her life ain't about me the same way my life ain't about her and she's a person dealing with i was like i know i'm struggling she's got to be struggling with life because this life is hard and through all the things that you went through the the moving from state to state the having to get things over there the having to have those conversations right um and i was like at least i was like a conversation that wasn't as bad oh that wasn't as bad that wasn't as bad but it took a lot and i'm so grateful that you stood with me through it all through the moving out of state through the ups and downs through the other relationships of course um you stuck with me i stick with you facts it was always like you gonna do this well you can't go by yourself (laughs) that is so true that is so true i just tell y'all y'all hosts really try to go to the bahamas one year Ride on at some random man's moped throughout the Bahamas. It's like, I'll be back. And I was like, well, it's harder to kill two instead of one. I was like, I'm not going without you. I can't let you go by yourself in that stuff. We're going to die. We're going to die together. And it was a great time. And we ain't now. We still here. (laughs) Oh, goodness. So many stories. I think a dope episode, too, would be around, um, because between the two of us, we have so many different, like, experiences and conversations about romantic relationships mm-hmm. and yeah yeah uh, y'all can't see it but i did a face i was like oh god which is hard right because people negate how relationships affect friendships yeah and we have been tested mm. through it all and vice versa, right? Like how friendships affect romantic relationships, right? Because how many times where we could start a conversation, I remember times coming to you and my my tail tucked between my legs, like, I know you don't like him, but we're back together or like whatever other pitiful fucking statement came after that. Um, because yeah, it you ain't gonna last long. You ain't gonna survive if my closest homies don't like you or that we can't even all chill together because that's important to me because that's my community. I can't separate these two big pieces of me. No, facts. And, you know, I give props to them for not being able to write it out as hard as I could because, you know what, I told you, I was like, that's cute. I'm going to be here, though, because for me, yeah, you know, when I see people getting into relationships that I, that I feel, yo, this might not be the best, at the end of the day, you're living your life. You're going to sleep with that person. That's not me. I'm here for you. And that's always been my stance. I'm here for you. I'm not here for your relationship. Yep. I'm here to support and be honest with you. And as long as it's not countering into our relationship or my relationship, mm-hmm. do what you what you need to do. Do you, boo-boo. Do you, boo-boo. But I'm going to be here. And, and I think for... She's still here. And I'm still here. Especially for those for those folks that really think about like very abusive, the easiest thing you do, you could do is alienate the 
the victim from their community and i am very firm like if i'm part of your community and you're part of mine i don't give a fuck who you with yeah they gonna know my name mm. and they're not gonna like me because i'm not i i'm not gonna let you be alone mm-hmm. i appreciate you letting me be about on your journey as you've been on mine because i've been on the the other side of it i've had to i've had to to humble humble myself and come down and be like so <laughs> It's not over yet. We're still riding this roller coaster. I know Woo. I just that's that crying, but yeah, I know I just cried and said he was a piece of shit, but I love him though. Um, but no, and I and I I'm really grateful to see you on your journey of just like yourself. Like mm. I think we also get into the mindset that people can't change, and like, why are they doing that? At least for me, like why are they changing why are they doing this why are they kind of messing up the flow of life but that's not realistic like people have to change and we have to give them that space to change and for me when i looked at my relationships and i'm like oh people are gonna move Mm. in life when i'm not there like i had to take that in and also know like yeah and i'm gonna move in life and they might not be there but yeah, my love for you has never wavered. Mm-mm. No, mine has always been there for you too. <laughs> um, all right, y'all. We're gonna have to pause this episode because you, as you can tell, we just we can just keep going and going. The fucking energizer bunnies. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, I remember them tacky ass commercials. Anyways, we will of course have Jennifer back. But for this first episode that you are on with me, this one's going down in the books. Yes. We have had quite quite a many journey throughout our lives, and I'm looking forward to all the upcoming crazy ones, too. But uh, if you enjoyed our conversation, let us know. Hit that five-star button, please, and thank you. And send us an email if you are curious about what, else we could talk about curious about unlocking your own inner stuff let us know send us questions and we could just chop it up about that but um our email is in the show notes everything's always linked below check it out but until the next time y'all i hope you have nothing short of a beautiful fucking day peace